Well, yeah, they they is doing a lot of work there, but <laughs> well, I mean, listen, we, we I know how this goes. Yep, <laughs> it's a team effort. Yep, you win as a team, you lose as a team. Yes, you don't make decisions as a team, but you certainly win and lose as a team. So that's that's how it goes. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com, at wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast Center, Stitcher. I think those are the big four. Um, we're also on Instagram, at Podcast. The DMs are open. <clears throat> My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at LogwanTheDon. Coming to you guys from rainy Stewart, Florida. Uh, where I don't know if you guys saw some pretty dramatic imagery of the squall line of storms that was crossing Florida today, but we are experiencing the very end of the squall line here right now. Nothing to write home about. Um, kind of a lame squall, if you ask me. But uh, got a lot. Of, we've had a lot of rain recently. We're a little moist. Um, but other than that, it's been beautiful. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where. We are experiencing some cold with a capital C. Uh, we had freezing precipitation today, but not the kind that really makes people post on the gram. So it's just right. kind of a, a dreary, sleety mess today. Um, sleety, not a good word. Yeah, but uh, great for napping. Unfortunately, I have a day job, so not, not, not that I was participating in that. Yeah. Why would you even throw that out as an option? Yeah. Well, I'm you just saying, like, if I were for, asleep, Jason's yeah. an SA agent. Will will contact you for those who are on <clears throat> winter break from school, or maybe they just work weekends. You know, prime prime nap season here in the Berg. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Guys, big college hoops matchup this weekend in Charlottesville. We've got the Houston Cougars taking on UVA. I think this is a top five matchup um, per the polls. Cannot wait to see UVA lose by 11 to a much more athletic team. A couple of stingy sky, defenses, right? For the sky like, to be following UVA, on UVA Twitter. If UVA loses that game by 11, it's going to be like 58-47 and just an affront to offensive yeah, basketball. Yeah. UVA is scoring some points. They they can get sped up this year. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 73-62 Houston is my 11 point. Out. Interesting, um, Jordan. I find that UVA basketball fanship is not unlike Florida football fanship, in which um, like any any little thing that could go wrong is magnified to like a, like a very ultimate and everlasting degree. Um, I don't know. I, this yeah. is just something. This is something I'm workshopping. I think it's because I think UVA fans are conditioned to be so defensive of the way that they, um, that their team is treated in the public, so that I, I think I think that's that's some of it. Now that's not what Florida fans do. Florida fans are just the worst. But um, I don't know. It's an interesting. It's an interesting uh, conundrum. That there's is. Some, there, are, there are some think pieces that could be written here. Yeah. Yeah. My my two quick observations before we let our third co-host finally introduce himself. Um, right. One, it's been interesting to see you. I th- well, I think to your point, Logan, the reason everyone still kind of freaks out as much as they do is because we, as UVA fans, are still not used to having nice things for a sustained amount of time. And sure. So the second Sports-wise. it looks like it could be slipping out of of control, we fear that the worst. Hold on, T.O., T.O., the third, the unnamed third co-host is rolling his eyes. What are we talking about? You Virginia fans have it so tough. Um, Oh, my God. How have you persevered through these last 10 years? The other point is. I think he's saying, like, things overall, Jason. The football team has been an abject disaster for basically forever. Yeah. So the other point. That weighs heavily on, especially this podcast. Sorry. Is It's been really interesting to see, like, the weekly poll and – especially this week's, like, who's going to be number one? Is it going to be Purdue? Is it going to be UConn? Is it going to be UVA? I saw a lot less fretting 
uh, from UVA Twitter on my timeline anyhow than I have in the past. So I think that does represent some growth. Um, there was there was less. Why aren't we number one? My my week is ruined, and more. Haha! Look at these UConn fans, so salty about where say, they landed in it, the. Poll. It does come in handy that you have one of the five most deranged fan bases in the country to balance you guys out on UConn. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. Third co-host, please take it away. Oh hey. Uh yeah, my name is uh, Jason Kreck. I am delighted to see you guys again. I am coming from. The friendly city of Harrisonburg, where yeah, we got a little little ice storm. Um, I guess it was mostly last night, carried into this morning a little bit. Yeah. Um, I believe there were a couple messy wrecks in Harrisonburg. Um, thirty three East, thirty three was pretty much blocked off from I eighty one past the big intersection. Hmm. Um, I think there was a there was a sizable mess there. Um, hmm. But yeah, it was uh, it was pretty gross out. It was pretty Jason, good. did you have to put the Xterra in four low to get to work? I did not. No, it's it's no. tougher than that. It's it, it, the weather needs to step its game up to to challenge the Xterra. Okay, okay. love the confidence. <laughs> uh, that's great. Do you um do you tweet things? Did you say that? Oh, I did not say that. I do tweet things from time okay. to time. Uh, at Jason Creck, it's a very creative username. Would Jason, love go to ahead, see. You. Go ahead and list off your burners too, real quick, please, if you could. I don't even know what a burner is. Couldn't, couldn't tell you. Jason, I can tell that's a new computer. You are you are crisp. I am getting a crisp image of you right now. I, I love um, that. It's, it's almost 4K, HD. like 3.5K. Yeah. I do have the, the new technologies in play. I'm very glad I got a haircut, if that's the case. Mm. So. Oh, did you get it done yeah. today? Uh, no, I guess this was two nights ago, maybe three. I got I got my haircut today, so things, nice. are, going, things are going well mm. for us. I've Shout had time to, for it to settle in. It's you know, Shout out to cut your hair at the day of your wedding, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can't be getting having the white lines. Right. It's, it's disgusting. You gotta let it. Gotta let it breathe. Okay. Uh, time for the second favorite segment of the podcast. Um, behind the weather update in Harrisonburg, the double weather update in Harrisonburg. This is where we talk about what we're drinking tonight. Who is drinking something that they want to announce? Uh, I'm drinking more polar water. This is uh, the blueberry lemonade variety. However, Ooh, trying to wow. trick trick my brain a little bit into the into thinking a warmer season thought tonight. You're uh, what what is it called now? You're not synthesizing. You're uh, I'm yeah. I don't know. Were you like will it into existence? Like, oh yeah. Completely blanked yeah. on this. Doctor Emily knows. I'm sure. White yeah. girls, the big white girl energy. Big white, yeah, 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 that's what it is. Man, manifesting. Yeah, man, thank you. Yes. Yeah, manifesting. Yes. It. That's it. All uh, right, we got. Really it. glad we spent ten seconds on that. Proud of us. Mm -hmm. uh, I am drinking an Aleworks Weekend Lager. Ooh, welcome yeah. to the weekend, Jason. Yeah, nice. I am drinking. I, as I am, uh, you know, just trying to get in a state of mind. It's a, it's a, it's a place. Right. Smart. I have uh, a Cran Raspberry LaCroix, actually. Ooh. Shout out to a friend of the podcast, uh, Mike Redmond, for showing up to my house for the Christmas party last weekend with uh, three 12 packs of LaCroix. So everybody was able nice. to drink up to five LaCroix if they wanted to while they were here, which was very nice of them. So um, I still have a lot of LaCroix I'm taking down. They brought lemon LaCroix. I don't really go lemon LaCroix that, that often, but it's been a nice change of pace. Interesting. Have you had the limoncello? I think maybe. I don't remember liking it a whole lot if I did. It's a little, it's got like some vanilla undertones to it. It's like a, a lemon creamsicle. It's a unique profile yeah, from what I yeah. remember. A six pack for would, everybody. Be, would, would be ideal. Anyhow. All right. Well, bubbly water breakdown. Love to see it. Uh, let's move in to what you guys are all here for, and that's college football news and notes. Um, I guess most notable, we can start off with, uh, I guess, rest in peace to. Uh, Coach Mike Leach, uh, kind of a weird situation reporting-wise and news-wise. Sounds like there was some sort of a large cardiac event that happened at his home in Starkville um, over the weekend, and uh, he was, I guess, basically unable to be revived after that point. It sounded like maybe there was a bit of a, I don't want to say a delay, but I think he was unresponsive for a while before he received medical care, and... Um, Jason, you had mentioned this. You said, like, I guess maybe he was 
he's been like seeming kind of sick all year. Do we do we have any information on like is that was that actually true or is he just like did, did he I say that? I thought some I thought it was you maybe not maybe it was I think I was sorry. I was talking about tough week but I think I was talking about Grant Wall when I said that. Oh. Oh. I thought it was I thought it was it was Leach but yeah I mean Leach has visibly been a little sick in some of his post game press conferences this season so maybe I was connecting dots that weren't there um but uh regardless a, a big loss for college football I mean yeah. man was not without his foibles uh we all aren't um I think as he aged uh some of his bad opinions maybe bubbled to the surface a little bit more frequently um but one of the like absolute most legendary characters uh in in college football and like certainly probably one of the most important figures in college football in like the internet age yeah yeah, and I think uh, I think it was maybe Bobby Bigwell on Twitter who said yeah. like Leach probably reminds a lot of college football, college football Twitter especially, but of ourselves because of how like how quirky he was, but also the warts he has, and kind of you know it was it was an all all encompassing experience all the time um so i i was glad to see the amount of stories and tributes that that people shared kind of throughout the week of you know here's my crazy i picked up the phone and called coach leach one time and it turned into xyz story um the story of him drawing up the play fake uh fake play sheet when he was at Oklahoma and and dropping Legendary. it so it would be found by the Texas GAs uh got got recirculated so um the yeah but again a, a weird situation and really tough cuz it's like yeah. you it was so unexpected we we didn't really get a chance to again appreciate his contributions and appreciate him for them while he was still around to receive all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with all of it. It's He has a very complicated, yeah, the last 10 years of Mike Leach, very different than the 10 years before that. Um, yeah, he, he was, like you said, as he got older and, you know, the the stubbornness and weirdness that made him awesome and the college football coach he was also were directly translated into some personal like you said foibles and concerns and qualms um so a really really fascinating legacy um i my half of my staff is like 23 years old so they kind of only know mike leach in the last five to ten years and i had to kind of tell them that you you basically can't I don't think you could find two or three more people in the last 35 years that have had a bigger impact on football. Yeah. Um, at pretty much every level. Like he and he and Hal Mummy's offense is basically every if there is a college football team that puts the ball in the air, they use part of the air raid. Like it's it's pretty much that simple at this point. Um right. four verts has has changed football offenses forever. Um, you know, at the same time, he was uh you know, as as much of a kind of pleasant wizard as he was from like 2004 to 2014, he was almost as prickly a wizard for the last ten years. And so it's a it's a really complicated legacy and a really fascinating one. But but I'm I'm bummed that he won't be calling plays anymore. That is objectively a bummer and stinks. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Well. Yeah, we'll move on there. I guess they we'll, we we can maybe touch on this during the coaching segment of the podcast. But <clears throat> the defensive coordinator, uh, I forget his name, is taking over uh, there. So, um, at least for now, uh, I think it's a four year contract. Oh, they actually so they they installed him as permanent. They announced it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. There were some rumblings of would they give Coach Dan Mullen a call back which would have been interesting. Seems a little soon to be postulating these things, but um, I don't know. His name is... That would be weird. His name is Zach Arnett. Zach. That's right. He looks like a Zach who would coach at Mississippi State. He does. Looks looks like maybe he came up through the strength 
the strength coaching side of things and then, you know, got the headset uh, and just started, started dialing it up Engage, yeah. started engaging eight, if you will. Loves Love the cover zero. Loves, loves has, the cover zero scenario. He has become, he has become multiple and we're <laughs> excited for him. Yeah. Four, four years, $3 million a year. Okay. okay. Well, good for him. That's a, that's, that's a, you know, an opportunity. He's, I believe he's very, I think, I believe he's well regarded in the business. So it's not like uh just, yeah. For, uh, this is going to sound coarse, but it's not like they're just plugging a hole. It, it does sound like a legitimate choice. Sure. Um, I wonder if they're going to maintain the irate identity. It would be hard to see them diverging too much from it, but who knows? All right. Depends on the OC pick. Um, gentlemen, it's bowl season. As you yeah, you know. guys ready to pick 40 games real quick? <laughs> JK. We will not be doing. We will not be putting the fans through that. We'll not be uh, doing any of those shenanigans this year at all. But we will. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll take a little gander around the board. Yeah. Um. This is you know this non CFP playoff CFP uh you know kind of games here. But um, you guys got any you know that have sprung to mind that you want to draw our attention to? Games start tomorrow. That's right. Um. We just should we just put a ban on talking about uh, Kentucky Iowa? Ooh, I am strained, like morbidly curious about oh, that one. It's gonna be fascinating. I'm gonna watch um, it. Yeah, yeah. No Will Levis either, so Kentucky might really open it up a little bit. I did see. Uh, I assume it was your burner account, Logan, tweeted out that he was the number one pro prospect. So, as a as a big uh, Will Levis sometime bummer, yeah. uh, <laughs> you you have found me. That is, <laughs> that is what, listen. I am I am married to unfortunately another uh, questionable uh, first round quarterback prospect. That <laughs> so I I have actually tried to shy away from Will Levis slander, um, so as to not draw attention to the Anthony Richardson <laughs> slander. Uh, Nobody look I, at me. Don't don't talk to me. Honestly. <laughs> but you know, uh, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. Um, I am kind of curious about this Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Um, just, just for, for other, for pretty much non-football reasons, the, uh, coach Scott Satterfield has accepted the head coaching position at Cincinnati, um, and Louisville, it plays Cincinnati in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl on Saturday, December 17th. I believe he came out and said that he wouldn't be coaching either team, right? Uh, I think he did clarify that. Which is a huge bummer because they, it is also... I think he'll be in attendance, but that that bowl game is also the bowl game where the two teams share the sideline. Yeah, well, they they should get him to wear the split like coaching oh, that would jacket. Be so then. sick and like call plays, call plays from both teams from the booth. Yeah, from the top of the green monster. No, someone someone pointed out that the the past three years of the Fenway Bowl have been COVID cancellation, COVID cancellation. Scott Satterfield switches from one team to the other. So, and Xander Bogarts just left Boston. So this is probably the most exciting thing that's going to happen in Fenway uh, in in a few years. So um, we'll see. Yes, I know you guys have your eyes on the Brunch Kick uh, Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas, Nevada SRS Distribution, Las Vegas Bowl, Florida double digit underdogs uh, playing um, Oregon State. Just an absolute shell of a Florida team. It's Logan, who is playing quarterback for the Florida Gators? Oh, um, James Jack Miller is playing quarterback for Florida. Okay. Former four-star Ohio State transfer. He was actually the backup. Was kind of supposed to be the insurance policy this year and broke his thumb preseason ah. and and um, getting oh, that's right. prior to uh, his situation. So, uh, yeah, he will be the starter. I think oh, there is Jack Miller the third. Yeah. Does Strong he wear Miller I I I on the back of his jersey? Uh, I don't know because he hasn't played. Uh, but <laughs> we'll find um, out Saturday. We will, we will find out Saturday as he takes presumably all the snaps. Um, I think young man named Kyle Angle might be the backup, uh, who I think is a walk on. It's a dire situation there um, for the Gators. Uh, to be fair, Jack Miller the third looks a lot like an SEC quarterback. Oh yeah, no, he has he has quarterback strong quarterback face. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, just it's going to be interesting. Florida's had like 15 or 16 kids hit the portal. Um, a couple folks declare for the draft and begin preparing there. Um, a couple people declare for the draft and are actually going to play in the game, which I, I suppose is refreshing to see if you are one to be happy about those kind of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, double-digit dogs to Oregon State playing a bowl game. 
on the last weekend before signing day. Just it's kind of a weird, kind of just kind of a weird situation all around. But opportunity to go to Vegas, probably got to go do it. Heck yeah, fully endorse. Um, um, go ahead. I've I've got my eyes uh, on two that uh, upon my first skim. Uh, the first is the Camilla Bowl, uh, Georgia Southern at buffalo in uh montgomery i said on a previous episode of this podcast that i think buffalo might be the worst uh bowl eligible team i've seen in years so i'm prepared to fade the blue bulls um uh on the same day tuesday december 27th we've got two directional carolinas playing each other uh we've got jamie chadwell less coastal and east carolina coached by JMU's favorite son, Mike Houston, in the Birmingham Bowl. I like that uh, Coastal is the direction, though. I appreciate that. Yeah. Re- well, locational. Oh, coast. I guess locational. Yeah. 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 You're gesturing in that direction. It's fine. Yeah. Coastal. That way. The one the one coast we have. Yeah. I um, believe uh, you might have said this. Grayson's playing in the bowl game. Well, he he's in the portal, so I don't know. I know he's yeah, in the portal. I, I thought he was. Wait, wait, wait! Is was he not out for the rest of the season with his injury? No, he's back. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, Grace McCall says he plans to play for Coastal Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl. Wow! And well, finish what I started. Which I don't know if that word means what he thinks it means. He uh, he's gonna look great in orange and blue next year. I'm just just uh, speaking of manifesting. <laughs> um, we will be doing some manifesting. This is a very podcast, manifesting but, heavy episode. Yeah, manifest already. heavy podcast. Uh, yeah, quick count, Sam. Logan. On off the top of your head, how many transfer portal QBs have you attempted to manifest to the Gators so far? Well, handsome Sam, clearly. Sure. Um, I don't know that my pers- I don't know that my heart could take handsome Sam in orange and blue, but I, I'm willing to see it happen. Um, Really, it's been he's been the apple of my eye. I I came dangerously close to talking myself into Spencer Sanders, which was those were dark, that was a dark few hours for me personally. Um, who do you did, who do you voice these thoughts to? Is it your wife or? Do you no, text, he tweets him from his burners, Jason. Do you text yeah, Papa David? What? Where are we? Where is no, your? No, it's you really. I just I, occasionally you you might notice I, I wear out the wheel route group chat, and uh, these you guys are really the only ones that get the, the, the torch takes here. Um, I mean, it means a lot. Continue. You know, those are those are really the only two. I, I Florida has legitimately apparently contacted uh, Keaton Slovis, uh, <laughs> the young Slovis is, boy. Yeah, young Slovis, uh, the Jedi himself, and um, Graham Mertz uh, posted. Last weekend, during like an official visit weekend, uh, you might remember Graham Mertz for throwing like 40 interceptions for Wisconsin in the last two seasons and getting his coach fired. Um, uh, that he, he was, was he was the so. one who was a Heisman dark horse after his first start, though, right? I think so. Yeah, he was. I think he was like a high four star, maybe even like close to five. Like he was supposed to be like the guy that turned Wisconsin into like. Oh look, Wisconsin's really going for it. They got yeah. A four, he he lit it up like, in game one at Wisconsin, and then yes. it it never replicated. Yeah, right, right. Um, he had the accelerated Josh Rosen timeline, and <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, listen, you got to get a, a someone in there. Florida's going to have a highly regarded freshman. Uh, hopefully, it's a plug and play situation for a year, but it's going to be really interesting. I mean, the the portal is burgeoning now. It's like one out of every like 13 players in college football is in the portal, which is wild. Uh, I also think December 28th has some interesting games, UCF and Duke. I mean, that's that's not like a sexy matchup, but I think it could be um, eventful, potentially. Um, and Oregon plays North Carolina that night, which that's that's a brand name matchup. Uh, don't know what what kind of A team, B team, C team these schools are trotting out for this one, given portal season and such. But uh, the San Diego County Credit Union didn't sponsor a bowl for for a bunch of schlubs to go out there, so they got two big right. names this year. Good for them. Um, Florida State fans uh, have been beating their chest heavily over their um, ability to feature in the Cheese It Bowl. Uh, one of I think two Cheez It sponsored bowl games this year. Uh, the Cheez It Bowl 
in Camping World Stadium in Orlando on on December 29th. They're playing Oklahoma, so it's to really all the awake- to all the people oh. who say we're in a recession, in in what recession can a a delicious snack like cheese it's afford to to sponsor multiple college football bowl games? Yeah, I ask good, you this. That is a good question. Prove me wrong. Um, that that bowl game is going to be outstanding in 1999. Thank you, uh, Jason. You made my joke. I was going for it. Two thousand ones. Two thousand ones. A hit. Uh, Jason White and Chris Winkie out there slinging oh, the hill. The Winkinator. Chris Winkie's like probably retired from like an other, another job at this point. Yes, He's like fully like forty seven years old. Um, you want to know how old Chris Winkie is? Uh, is he forty six? He is not forty six. Thirty nine. He's not 39. That's because he turned 50 this summer. Ah, oh, wow. Man. Yeah. The wank, the wanker. Felicitaciones, is Chris Winky. That's right. Really, um, it's just a stark statement on our own mortality. So, right. Are we picking, are, are we going to be picking the New Year's like six yeah, games? Yeah, the New Year's six, we will okay. be against the spreading. Ooh, against the spreading, even, even worse mm. for, for us. Um, <laughs> the Capital One Orange Bowl. Features a lot of orange, but I guess that's a New Year's Six game, so we don't need to talk about it. Uh, the Gator Bowl could be interesting. South Carolina, Notre Dame. Uh, we had some. Did you did you guys see Sassy uh, 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 Sassy Coach Beamer uh, in his press conference this week? No. Oh, so he he hired he hired a guy to be their offensive coordinator after like a, I think a, a fairly public flirtation and near hiring of one Dan Mullen. Um, Picture my dad, Josh. Whoa, easy. <laughs> Autoplay, gotcha, on the ESPN. Happens. Just chaos um, on the site. He hired a, a gentleman named Dowell Loggins uh, to be the offensive coordinator. I don't Country I don't Music know Hall of Famer Dowell Loggins. Stellar name, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so you should just go listen to the rant that he went on. He's like, he basically name-dropped, like, every famous person that Dowell Loggins has ever stood next to. And been like, were you in the room when I talked to Drew Brees? Oh, nice. About Dowell Loggins? <laughs> were you in the room when I talked to Bill Parcells? about dialogue it's like he was very mad i guess there was some some heat he was getting for an underwhelming offensive coordinator hire like welcome to the sec shane i don't know what to tell you but um anyhow it was it was kind of funny it was also kind of weird uh but yeah a little bit of spice here i think spencer rattler is spencer rattler playing in this game i hope god is he coming back next year is he alive what's going on i think we'll, he's we'll put it out an apb and Notre Dame, you know, rounding into form a little bit uh, towards the end of the they year. They are ranked. Know, it's just two, like, weird two weird teams. I mean, South Carolina is like, 8-4 and four and has wins over Clemson and uh, Tennessee, which is really weird. Yeah. And damn near got shut out by one of the worst Florida defenses anyone's ever seen. Like, the week <laughs> before going on that two-game winning streak, which is very bizarre. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah, bouncing around here, I mean, nothing else is really – really doing it for me i mean i'm gonna watch some bowl games because i'm sicko but i mean uh, washington state the jimmy kimmel la bowl could be okay what what date is that oh that is uh saturday i believe oh this this coming yeah we got washington state we got fresno state yeah saturday's a low-key like fun day to kick things off like, yeah, and they, they appear to have done a wonderful job of staggering kickoff time. They have, too. yes. SMU BYU is in the even time. Just just two church schools going after it respectfully. Blessed. Hmm. All right. Well, if we don't have any more thoughts on this, we can move into coaching discussion. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. That's good. But your bowl season does kick off tomorrow, so um you know, get your popcorn ready, as the kids are saying. Mm, I've heard that. All right. We will now move into filling in the gaps that we left off uh, last time we discussed the bowl. Uh, geez, the bowl. The coaching carousel. One of our favorite things to discuss here. So um, <coughs> at last talk, I'm not sure. I think UNLV maybe had just fired Marcus Arroyo when we were talking uh, most recently. It seemed like a bit of a surprising firing. Um, but UNLV really cutting open the cutting open the checkbook here. They have hired Barry Odom to be their head coach, uh, former Missouri head coach, longtime defensive coordinator extraordinaire. Um, I believe he was Arkansas's defensive coordinator most recently. Um, seems to be a kind of I think 
he looks like a defensive coordinator. So mm-hmm. we'll see how we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, bonus Bobby Petrino on the staff, offensive coordinator Bobby Petrino, um, as our friend Bunky Perkins said, in a talent in a target rich environment in, uh, in in Las Vegas is going to be tough for him. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, Bobby Petrino can dial it up. I, I got to say, the man can coach, get guys open, and things of that nature. It's going to be weird. Um, Bobby Petrino was a head coach at an FCS school. Was it Southeast Missouri? Most recently. Yeah. He was Missouri State's head coach. Missouri State, sorry. So it was a, a, a directional Missouri, yep. as, Jordan, as Jordan would say. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, I mean, Barry Odom back in the game with 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 a side of Bob Vitrino. Who's interested? I'm interested. And yeah, sure. I mean, their home games are going to kick Pac-12 after dark time slot anyway, so they'll be one of the few shows on um, at that point. Um so, yeah, we'll see. It's not quite the the Coach O hire that was rumored to to maybe be happening, which probably best for all parties involved. But Ooh, uh, that would have been, I mean, that would have been tremendous content, though. You want to talk about target-rich environment. <laughs> <coughs> firing. Coach O just firing on all uh, ladies. Shooting, inside, but... shooting all mannerisms of shots. Right. All right, I... I think Western Michigan actually is no longer open, but I forget who they hired, and I apologize. Jason, will you, look, will you look that up for me, please? I, I was I was confused by actually their logo on the website. It was like a it looked like a Washington Commanders logo, and I was oh I was, yeah, looked like the, a circle with a yellow W in it. The Western yeah. Michigan Broncos have hired Lance Taylor, oh, Louisville's offensive Lance. coordinator. Oh, Lance Taylor, not Lancey, but Lancey. All right. Well, Louisville ran a fun, disorganized offense, so that certainly will go well. You just got to uh, recruit another Malik Cunningham, but this time <clears throat> to Western Michigan. It'll be fine. He's right. uh, Cincinnati has hired uh, a coach, Scott Satterfield. Um, I think this one was met with what appeared to be a lot of enthusiasm from Louisville fans. This was a, this seemed like a, a split of, of mutual agreement of like, yes, this is for the best. Yeah. It seems like Satterfield saw an opportunity to probably like extend his head coaching career and potentially make a lateral to better, not maybe not better. I think he's making less money, but basically buy himself some more time. Um, and I don't think, I don't think he was going to be long for this job if Louisville didn't have a really good year next year. Um, I think he was recruiting okay, though, which is kind of weird. But he moves across the river there to Cincinnati. Um, I don't know that I love this for Cincinnati. I kind of thought maybe they could have done better, but then maybe I don't know. I I guess I just really wanted that guy, Sean Lewis, to get hired somewhere, and he is going to be Coach Prime's offensive coordinator, (laughs) not a head coach, which is weird. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe Cincinnati didn't want to run, like, crazy tempo but i mean they're moving to the big 12 why not yeah i th- i think i mean maybe they saw like oh he's he's got experience in a larger conference that will benefit us in our transition and relative to the other candidates they're considering maybe that was an, a more important factor to them who knows but um i think scott right. satterfield is getting the better end of this deal rather than Cincinnati. I would 100% agree there. Yep. Um, Scott Satterfield doesn't seem like the most pleasant guy on earth. Are we all on, on board there? I'd agree. I don't Louis- Louisville has kind of a hankering for, for hiring that type of guy. Yep. Seems- What's up with these app guys, too? Because isn't Drinkwitz seems very similar to me, to Satterfield. Like, a little bit cantankerous, kind of a, a bit of a button pusher. Some prickly um, pears. Yes. Interesting. Jason, can you get on that App State since you're chief App State hater on this podcast? I need yeah, I'll poke around. Ask about that, please. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's what's Drinkwitz's deal? Just put some feelers out. <laughs> Question. What's um, with this game? Speaking of underwhelming hires, Tulsa has hired Kevin Wilson, uh, the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Uh, this gentleman was the head coach at Indiana and I think kind of got fired in like somewhat disgrace for maybe some quasi-abusive behavior on some players things of that nature doesn't you you look at him and you think i bet this guy 
quasi abuses players. You know, he's got that look. He's got that look to him. Who was that Rutgers basketball coach that was like punting balls into people a few years ago? Remember that guy? Oh, uh, man. Shoot. He's kind of got that vibe to him. He's like a good coach, but like he was like on camera just like beaning players with basketballs. From, like, it was, uh, it was, it was Rice, so wild. Uh, um, Mike Rice. Yes. 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 Good sweet pull. Mike Rice. Great pull. Um, but yeah. I have nothing to say here. I mean, I guess Ohio State has had good. Um, Ohio State has had a good offense. <laughs> sure, most, most of the time. Most of the time, unless they're playing Michigan. And they recruit <laughs> well, so they've got that going for them. Um, correct. I'm sure he will be able to take those recruiting chops to Tulsa and uh, yeah. reel, in, reel in the big one, the Golden Hurricane. What a what a team name, also. It is. It is for, yeah, for uh, really like, well. That's how Tulsa claimed that for one. a natural disaster. That well, I mean, it's like the hurricanes in Miami. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this natural disaster wrecks our region on a regular basis, but we're gonna put a positive spin on it. That's true. Um, Texas State has hired G. J. Kinney, incarnate words head coach. We may have mentioned this on the last one. I'm not sure if that had gone down yet or not. I did not have it, it in bold. So, um, incarnate word. Uh, they get it up and moving, if I recall correctly. They're still playing. Their offense, their offense was, yeah, they go to the Fargo Dome this weekend. Ooh. I watched a little uh, North Dakota State last weekend, Jason. Yeah. They just look like a real handful. They're still, know? yeah. I can't imagine anybody <laughs> enjoys playing. I mean, it just, they seem inevitable in that sort of Georgia way where you're like, oh man, this is going to hurt and they're going to win. And eventually it's going to be like 27 to seven. And I, I have no answer for how it got to like, 27 to seven because it never appears that they're like busting it wide open. But yeah. yeah. It just, the, uh, it's, the boa constrictor slowly squeezed the life. Going, going to it. Fargo, you're like you're almost certainly going to lose and you're not going to enjoy a single minute of it. Sure. With one exception in the playoffs ever. That's right. That's right. Go Dukes. Jordan was uh, uh Jordan was at my house for that game. Yeah. With a bunch of JMU staffers and Jordan. Yep. Oh yeah, I remember. You're that. welcome, JMU Nation, right. for for bringing my college football luck and That's chops right. to the party. Almost as legendary as that one night in Chattanooga. Am I right, Jason? Nothing could be that legendary. Yeah, nothing can touch the one night. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Stanford has made a hire. They have hired another Taylor, Troy Taylor, uh, Sacramento State's head coach to be their head coach. Um, this is fine. We had heard reports that Jason Garrett was a finalist for this job. And, you know, I believe, I believe he was there, right? Selfishly would have been intrigued to see how this went and watch, watch like Stanford football cease to exist. I mean, he I think weeded out like a. Yeah. Thanks for the interest. I'm so happy to have had the chance to explore, but I'm coming back to TV, basically. Yeah, yeah he, he went Jason there and Garrett tweet. Yeah. yeah. Legendary reader of the room, Jason Garrett. Um, he just wanted to get back to making weird faces of Maria Taylor. Yeah, he looks not unlike a mannequin. Like, he could be potentially a mannequin, like a ventriloquist. I wonder if he's more, like, more personable with cameras aren't on him, or if he's just... Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, hard to say. Um, but anyhow, Troy Taylor, I don't know much about Sacramento State, but sort of local-ish. I think it's good hire. Sacramento State's been pretty good. Troy Taylor is a great football coach name, too. Just want yes. to throw that out there. More of a high school football coach name, but still, I'm into it. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason, do you have any intel on Sacramento State's operation? Uh, they're. I just, all I know is they're very good at the FCS level. They were... I don't know how long they've been good, but they've definitely been good since he got there. Um, I believe they just started. They, they only moved up to FCS in 93, and they didn't make the playoffs until he got there. Was that second move round. up from D3 or D2? D2. Okay. Um, And then yeah, I think they made the playoffs the last three times there's been – that they played in it. I believe they sat out the COVID year. I don't think they played at all. But yeah, they, they made the playoffs all three years and they <clears> they made it to the quarterfinals this year and lost, I think they might have lost to North Dakota State. Hold on a second. Gotcha. Well, there's no shame in that. Well, shout out to Coach. Oh no, Troy. they lost. They, oh, that's right. They so they hosted um Incarnate Word and they played and lost that 66-63 game. Oh, 
where there was like 60 points in the fourth quarter. Wolf. Love that. Yeah. Man, it's real a real North Carolina defensive effort out of those two teams. <laughs> well, but they were the they were the two seed this year. If they would have if they would have won last week, they would have been the first playoff team to ever host North Dakota State. Wow. Man. North Dakota really State's never had to go on the road. They really fumbled the bag. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully Troy Taylor can get Stanford just absolutely up and running. You know, we'd love to see that. Uh Bud, uh our, our friend Bud Elliott has been on a kick recently posting a lot of videos that would appear to maybe be hostage cries for help, but I think that might just be the way he looks. And he, um, <clears throat> but it, he's been kind of beating the drum, making the point that uh, I think your academic schools are going to be in for a pretty rough go here in this new NIL transfer portal heavy era. Um, Jordan, we've seen a little bit of this with UVA. They have a tough time, I think, attracting transfers um, in general. I think they do, and then I think especially maybe some transfers that need a change of scenery for reasons beyond football um, is going to be tough as well. So anyhow, but you're you're no, I maybe not Notre Dame because they have some I think just sort of legacy built-in advantages. But your Northwesterns, your Stanfords, your UVA's potentially a Vanderbilt situation. Um, you know, schools of that ilk. Um, I mean, even we've heard like Colorado. I think had to relax a lot of sort of admissions and transfer standards for uh, as part of, you know, the coach prime arrangement. Um, they notoriously, I think were a difficult school to get kids to transfer into for academic reasons, for whatever reason. Um, yeah. I just wanted to point that out. It's going to be, I think like Troy Taylor is going to need to coach his nuts off um, to, I guess, attract people and scheme around but it's probably going to be a pretty hefty disadvantage for Stanford moving forward from like just a talent acquisition standpoint. Yeah. And that like the, the idea that Stan, that Colorado did make concessions is pretty wild because the school relaxing for the benefit of a team or an athletic program um, that will not happen at maybe say uh, prouder institutions <laughs> such as your Virginias or your Stanford's. Sure. Um, so, uh, I I guess good for Colorado for being willing to to roll with the times. We'll we'll see how it goes for them. But um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. Uh, speaking of Colorado, they announced offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. Uh, I guess is joining the team there. Do they have a defensive coordinator hired? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Uh, oh, sorry. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I had seen some rumblings of, I think, um, the Bengals' old head coach, and I guess he was the Vikings' old head coach, um, most recently let go, older guy. He was like a special assistant at Jackson State with Dion, and there's been rumors that he maybe would be the defensive coordinator, which would be wild um, in Colorado. But, yeah, Sean Lewis, that's a really good hire. Um, he's, uh, like I said, up and coming, but, like, one of those um, Mike Leach, Art Bryles, coaching tree kind of guys that's like, you know, tempo, space, Josh Heupel, um, you know, disciple kind of guys that's going to run a fun offense and going to bust guys open and, you know, probably score some points. So we'll see if uh, Colorado can get some some people in there. Kent State has hired a, a man named Kenny Burns. He was Minnesota's running backs coach. That's quite the uh, career leap. Yeah. Um, Coastal Carolina has hired Tim Beck, North Carolina's um, offensive coordinator. Play HC. He was the OC. Uh, North Carolina State, if I didn't say that. Uh, seems like Tim Beck, next man up. I mean, nothing about North Carolina State's program has ever really like given me reason to be like, I want, I want that for my team, yeah. other than like, They've been pretty consistently good, but like they, they produce some draft picks, but they then do. you're like, wait, they had three they had three guys go in the first two rounds and they went eight and four. Like Right. They, they got the hands better. from Miami on a Friday, like in yeah. a really like public and embarrassing fashion. Yeah. Who knows? Oh. Their quarterback, Devin Leary, he's also on the Logan Whitehouse hot board of guys who would look good in orange and blue. Okay. He's got the Brennan Armstrong like forearm tattoo situation going on. 
I like that. So, so does DJU, as as I pointed right. out to you. You did DJU, you did point that out, and big I would like you tattoo to, to not say his name to me anymore <laughs> about either about either of our teams. Thank you. <laughs> um, Louisville made a hire. They called him Sweet Sweet the Sweet Son Jeff Brom. Uh, had to think this was the ideal situation all around for Louisville. They got rid of their coach for free and that they wanted to get rid of most of the season, and they got to hire the guy that they wanted to hire last time. Um, In fact, I believe got paid for their coach, right? What? They got paid for their coach. Probably. They probably got paid for their coach. Right. So, Brom comes to Louisville. I think that was always sort of uh, connecting the – reading the tea leaves, connecting the the dot thing that that was inevitably going to happen. Little weird that it didn't happen last time he chose to stay at Purdue, but I so think yeah, it's Purdue interesting was... that like it didn't happen last time because he just chose to stay in the same place, and this time he feels differently. I'm... Yeah, he seems there... like a he seems like a fascinating dude. Has there been like an athletic department shakeup at either of those schools that would have influenced well, his Louisville decision? Is or... Louisville is all has. moments of every day, three hundred sixty-five days a year, going through some sort of athletic department shakeup. Fair. Um, so um, it's possible there are people, I don't know enough about Louisville's inner workings. It's possible there are people in charge there that Jeff Brom sees more eye to eye with or something like that. But who knows? Only Jeff. Only Jeff knows. Yeah, I think also the B1G is going away from divisions uh, in the coming year or two. And I think that that's going to severely hamper your teams in the West that just generally like rotate, like which crappy team gets slaughtered by um, Michigan or Ohio State on a year in year out basis. So <clears throat> maybe like seeing maybe some limited upside there. Seeing um, the board clearly. Yeah. Seeing the board very clearly. Uh potentially it seems like Louisville's got kind of like splashing some some money around these days too. Uh they always the, have the money. basketball team is having an interesting go of it. The basketball team is going through it. <laughs> but, <laughs> that is literally the most profitable sports program in the country and they are one and nine. Yeah. One and nine. Is that right? Did they get one? Good for them for getting. They did. One. They got off it did the shine. Look, it didn't look like that was going to happen for them. So they, they beat Western Kentucky. I think it was last night by like eleven. Wow, the Hilltoppers. Yeah. The Hilltoppers were favored by <laughs> six like and 15. a half. Man, that was a different game. South Carolina was like fifteen point underdogs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where an ACC win comes from for Louisville. They, uh, Boston College is probably down to give one up. It's probably fair. Or Georgia Tech. Yeah. You know Georgia Anyways, Tech. Anyways, that's round ball. Miles. Let's Apologies continue. to Miles, but Georgia Tech. Um, okay, so Jeff Brom, I mean, I think in some ways I would I would consider Louisville one of the like big-time winners here in, in silly season so far. I think Brom's a great coach for them. Yep. Always love a, you know, favorite son coming home. Apparently he has maintained warm, friendly relationships with a lot of Louisville area, like high school coaches and stuff too. Like he – comes around and you know shakes hands and kisses babies and whatnot so anyhow that's good purdue <coughs> excuse me guys struggling with a, a cough still unfortunately purdue has hired brian walters that was illinois defensive coordinator young guy up-and-comer um illinois fans i mean sorry purdue fans seem to be not super thrilled with this hire i guess i get it i'm rarely that thrilled when my team hires a defensive coordinator to be a head coach um, but that's more of a personal preference kind of thing. I think, I mean, Illinois, Illinois defense was awesome this year. So yeah, yeah, they they struggled late in the year, but their secondary was really dinged up. Um, yeah. I think Logan, like you said, the the just the shift of like, oh man, we hired fun offensive mind and we lost him, and now we are going to Brett Bielema, defensive coordinator, to run our program. Like he might do a great job, but for for generating enthusiasm um in in the timeline on the message board that's that's tough when it's a yeah. dc sure and then finally north texas actually uh, parted ways after playing in their conference championship game i think which is kind of weird uh with seth luttrell and has hired eric morris that is washington state's offensive coordinator to be their new head coach so um Sounds like another air raid guy, probably. Most likely. Yep. <laughs> and then Good finally, 
Uh, Army Navy was last week. We could have touched on this. Army um, wins it in overtime. Pretty pretty rough watch this year. Pretty the rough. over in this game hit for the first yeah. time in 17 years. Yeah. Thanks to that. double. Thanks to double overtime. Took thanks double to overtime. Three to touchdowns in double in in overtime to get there. Um, Navy and then what sounds like kind of an ugly scene. Uh, fired Ken Niamatololo uh, after the game in the locker room. Apparently uh, in the locker room. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, tough look. Navy now needs head football coach. Navy has not been good the past three or four years at this point. It's been a little rough of a rough go for them um, since they, I think when they they were first in the AAC, they almost they played in the AAC championship game, I think. So um, anyhow. Not sure if we can fold service academies into the academic schools conversation, but I can only imagine that they are going to continue to struggle um, in this era of college football. And as weird of like cliche terms as we can put it, um, I doubt that the NIL program is super strong at Army or Navy or Air Force. Yeah, they probably got some, some, uh, priorities that are higher on the list over there correct correct but um gonna be a bit of a struggle there so uh, i'm kind of curious to see who navy hires if if they're married to service academy football running the triple that'd be interesting yeah all right so any like big takeaways i'm in on louisville jeff brom i think that's a good hire i think louisville has i don't want to say sleeping giant potential but i mean they're, they play in the acc like I don't think that they need to take too many steps to be like one of the best teams in the ACC. Yeah, and so the ACC is <clears throat> going away from divisions in yeah. in the next couple of years as well. Um, right now, with Florida State kind of reemerging, um, we'll maybe see. maybe there's still a second spot to be fought for if Clemson continues uh, slugging around like they have for the last year and a half or so, but. Um, I'm still shocked that Wisconsin got Luke Fickle. Um, like, yeah, I I think well, that is a yeah. big win for the Badgers. Um, I'm interested to see how it plays out, how long he stays there, uh, what could or would cause him to leave. But uh, well, you know, Wisconsin football is interesting again for me, anyhow, for the moment. For the first time in a few years yeah no that's a fascinating staff and I, I kind of applaud fickles like probably uh for being a defensive guy not you know completely saddling himself to that image of his team right you know i think that's interesting he's gonna go with longo but jason you got any uh any winners or losers you want to point out i know you're big on liberty and what liberty and auburn did <laughs> no i mean I, that, that goes without saying um right you're a big. Are you a big Brent Key guy? You're, you're in it for Georgia Tech. It's the sawed-off sweatshirt for you. I mean, yeah, it's it's a look, and I respect it. Right. But, um, Let us not forget Trent Dilfer is a head football coach. Trent Dilfer is a head football coach in the state of Alabama. Um, I mean, I think I think you guys got the big one. I think Wisconsin is the clear winner. I think. Yeah, like you guys said. Louisville of the most recent ones is probably the biggest. I'm big. I, I like Stanford's hire, but like you said, they have institutional difficulties that they're going to run into. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't I don't know what what's going to happen to Coastal. They're obviously in the Sun Belt with us. I have no idea what that's going to look like. I think um, I think it was like Spencer Hall and Jason Kirk and Ryan Nani and those guys always talked about how like. Frank Beamer basically built Virginia Tech in his image. And I think Jamie Chadwell kind of did the same with Coastal Carolina. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see, like, they they branded it hard. They made T-shirts that I'd said, I pissed teal. And admittedly, that was Grayson. But um, it'll be interesting to see if if Tim Beck can... Lean into it that much? or Yeah, I don't know if continue the magic is the right word, but um, to, to kind of continue the brand being what it is, because I think the the way to success for coastal which admittedly doesn't have the resources of even like an app state or a james madison is is weirdness at the beach like that we're gonna have weird fun at the beach like that that's as good right. a recruiting pitch as there is and so if he can keep that going that's great i just have no 
idea if the offensive coordinator from Ohio State and Texas and NC State can actually do that. So, right. but yeah, it is it is maybe kind of like a a personnel like that higher personality yeah. is more important than mm-hmm. some schools, kind of like Virginia Tech is. Like Fuente did not have the personality for right. what that fan base, that program needs to succeed. It seems like the guy they have in there has more certainly than Fuente did. Um, also interesting that Fuente did not uh, pop up on any of of these hires ultimately. So we'll he see. He was rumored yeah. for one at Tulsa. some point. Tulsa, I think he was right. in on Tulsa and there was maybe one of those other Texas, like North Texas. Maybe he goes and coaches Texas. the troops. That would be something. That would be something. That would be a fit of some sort. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyhow. All right. Uh, Neil Brown, still the head football coach of West Virginia. So shout out to Coach Neil for making it work. Uh, all right. Well, so I think that's – I think we're up to date on silly season unless anybody has anything that I missed. Uh, bowl season, you know, losing a little bit of luster with early signing day and transfer portal stuff seeming to be, like, more important than the bowls now, which kind of sucks a little bit. I don't know. Like, don't necessarily want to be super dramatic, but some of this stuff does kind of suck for me. I don't know why. It's just like taking away of a little bit of the, the magic of college football. Um, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't fault anybody for making any of the choices that they're making, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's the reporting too. Maybe I follow too much like recruiting insider people and it's just too much like just general they negativity. Become- they, they, it's I, too much too often. I yes. can relate. Like it, it kind of like flirts with becoming data points more than mm-hmm. a game if you get too much into it. But yeah, you just get yeah. desensitized and then it just like loses its luster. Well, I, I exist in a, in a weird spot. I'm a, not, a, not that weird of a spot, actually. I'm a Florida fan, well documented on the show. You guys are aware. Um, Florida and Miami have been locked in some legendary recruiting battles over particular players. This offseason, Florida's best their quarterback recruit flipped from Miami after he publicly spurned Florida earlier. And it's all just bickering about which billionaire donor has, has footed the bill, right? Like that's literally all it is. So to me, it's just kind of, it's kind of weird when like, I think Florida has a five-star quarterback committed for this cycle and just got, I think the number one or number two quarterback for next for 2024 committed last week. I think the vibes were up. Billy's recruiting. Yay. So today, uh, Miami, Miami gets uh, a commit that was like pretty much crystal ball to go to Miami, but took a visit to Florida last weekend. And it's like the sky is falling. Billy can't recruit Florida seventh in the SEC in recruiting. They're like eighth in the country, but they're seventh in the SEC. So that, yeah, but if you got the last visit and couldn't close the deal, like, well, they didn't because, well, crystal ball went in, went in in home with him, uh, on Wednesday. So, um, regardless, it's not like I, I just, there's, there's two, it's too reactionary, right? Like to the point where. It's either we're all the way back, here we go, or, you know, this whole staff is, this whole staff is terrible. And it's, I, I don't know. I, I get some of it, but I also, the way that it is covered, at least from a recruiting standpoint, is, I don't know. It's There's a lot of just like general mudslinging and general like, oh, well, Miami can pay guys now. And I, I actually think, I think that's partially true. Like, I think Miami has the ability and that seems to be the approach that they're taking. Um I don't also think that that's not the approach that Florida and Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama and Tennessee are all taking. So, like, making it seem like, you know, Miami's just doing something completely ridiculous, I don't think it's completely fair to Miami. Um, but also, like, I don't think that, like, Florida's 400-person staff has, like, zero strategy for how they're going to handle if one guy doesn't go to Florida. You know what I'm saying? So, anyhow, like I said, I think I just follow too much uh, general recruiting insider. It's just, like, sometimes it's a little bit of a bummer uh, to, like, gauge the um, the vibes around the program. Yeah. No, I, I went through a season of that with UVA years ago where I was yes. very in in tune with with how the recruiting was going. Um, after I graduated and once I kind of let go of that and took a step back away, uh, my enjoyment of 
college football increased substantially. So just just an anecdote for you to consider there. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I I'm 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 with you and it just it's almost like a a byproduct of Twitter too, right? Like I don't even follow all these people. Yeah, but they but just for, show for whatever up. reason, like you get the the like three complete one hundred percent troll Florida State fan accounts, right? That like pose things as observations that are just like the most obvious, clear trolls to Florida fans, which right. I, I I think is almost hilarious to see, but also like it's just ridiculous. Like like this like there's this one particular guy that will say things like, "Man." Billy Napier, Billy Napier must really be booty cheeks coaching because, you know, like, look at like he and, and basically like hype up Florida's roster and say the coach sucks. And this guy's rooting for a team ostensibly whose coach like just got to a bowl game in like year three. Right. And it, but it's like, he just, the onus is never on him to like actually respond to any of those kind of commentary. He just yeah. gets to like launch these, like, anyhow, there's just too much of it. He's having really, too I much think fun. this is like I'm having a self intervention right now. I think I need to uh, maybe maybe pare some things down. I just got to talk through it, man. Yeah, no, that's okay. So anyhow, that's where I'm at. Um, you guys got big weekend plans? Hmm? Uh, probably watching bowl games. Uh, keeping an eye on the association. You know, watching the aforementioned UVA Houston college hoops uh, showdown. But uh, yeah, probably probably going to be pretty. Low key, cozy boy, not outside on the range this weekend, given mm. given the forecast. Unfortunately, but the uh, the Dukes are at home on Sunday afternoon against LIU. Oh, Jordan, did you make your way down to you freaking your you namesake arena for me, Jason? Your namesake arena is waiting for you. That's right, my my corner presidential suite finally. Finally ready. Those marble countertops finally get set. Unlimited Chick-fil-A nugget trays. Yeah. Are all my favorite pullers in the fridge for me? <laughs> Obviously. Good. That's what took so long. We had to track all of them down. Yeah. Well, and, maybe and the two, checks can start flowing Too many bottles. Too many bottles of doers. Yeah. <laughs> Just for you. Just Not kidding. in the mini fridge, though. Right. Um, excellent. Uh, we'll see how it's going here. I think it might be supposed to rain again a little bit. Catch some bowl games. See some friends. I would love to hit some golf balls. But TBD. Yeah. One day. One day I'll hit a golf ball again. <laughs> I still... Lovely weekend. Last weekend for, for company scramble, I must say. Not to brag, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> did uh, did they have any door prizes, raffles, any, any competitions? Did we walk away with any swag? We did not walk away with any swag. There was uh, some door prizes, and... So they gave prizes to, they said the most honest scoring team. So the team that turned in the worst scorecard um, got a prize. And then they gave like first, second, third uh, prizes out. So um, we were, I guess, not honest enough and not did not play well enough. So right, we were in the middle there. Yeah. But we finished under par. Like I said, it was a it was a fun scramble. They didn't do a lot of the silly scramble stuff. Um, shoot the ball out of the rocket launcher uh get to throw the ball um putting you know, have, string that's have, one. yes the dental floss uh, <laughs> unlimited unlimited um not unlimited but seemingly unlimited mulligans um no mulligans actually nice but i think i might have explained to you one of the holes it was actually the number one handicap hole which seemed a little mean-spirited that they did this on but you had to draw cards after taking a shot you had to draw cards of um of like one through four and then you had to play in that order for the holes there was no scrambling on that hole it was one shot one shot until you finished and we ended up double bogeying that hole so wow. that was that was tough we had a tough a tough second shot it was like a, a sheer drop off down to a green Oof. um and uh the gentleman on our team was not me actually like mercifully uh just kind of stepped up and sort of scuffed one and, and that left us in a, a tough spot because then the next shot was like like 47 yard chip from like 45 degrees slope downhill mm. tough place to be also so yeah we, we scrambled a little bit there and then um there was another hole that you had to draw you drew cards for which set of tees you teed off from and then it was two-man scramble alternating shot which was kind of fun hmm. um so those were the two wrinkles i think we, we might have already that hole but uh, it was a par five but really fun course it was cool to see a hill in florida i guess it has to be a <laughs> landfill um but they did a really good job of like integrating a golf course into the landfill 
and like using the water features. There's a lot of cool wildlife out there. Um, definitely was not like you were at a landfill for sure. But nice. Palm Beach County takes care of their stuff. Good to see. <clears throat> Would recommend. We'll put it on the list. Yeah, put put the uh, put it on the retreat bulletin board. Some fun par threes, downhill par threes, uphill par threes. Ooh, love a love a, a either a really good look at the green so you can see just how badly you missed it or uh, or no look, but um, good stuff. All right, boys. Well, you guys got anything else? Lovely to see you both. Yeah, yeah. same to you, fellas. <laughs> It's the Wheel Wrap Podcast. You know where to find us. We are uh, on the internet, mostly. That's uh, wheel route, thewheelroute.com, at Wheel Wrap Podcast on Instagram. Wheel Wrap Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, and you can get the show from your favorite podcast acquisition service. Until we meet again, go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.